At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. For Wednesday, April the 12th, 2023, it's The Brief from WABE. I'm Jim Burris. The zoning board in DeKalb County has unanimously rejected an appeal that tried to stop the proposed 85-acre, $90 million Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. Shemaine Cruz reports. The appeal by opponents of the Police and Firefighter Training Center called by protesters Cop City argued the land disturbance permit should not have been issued because sediment discharges from the site would exceed what's allowed, violating state and federal law. But zoning board member Dan Wright says it appears the county did its due diligence. I'm sorry to say so because I have reservations about this project as well and the location that's being selected and of course all of the unfortunate things that have happened um, related to you know, public activists. But I'm going to have to move that we deny the appeal. Violent protests and arrests have taken place in the area over the last two years, including one where a protester was shot and killed. Shemaine Cruz, WABE News. Fulton County Commissioners are considering a new sales tax to fund hospitals and health care. WABE politics reporter Raul Bally says the idea comes as commissioners continue to deal with the fallout from Atlanta Medical Center's recent closing. Fulton County Commission Vice Chair Bob Ellis says the county spends more than $100 million a year on Grady Hospital, along with supplementing state public health and mental health services. With a 1% sales tax in Fulton County translating to about $360 million a year, Ellis says even a fraction of 1% can fund that and more. Whether that's helped to, you know, kind of support some sort of stabilization funding for potentially a new hospital that could come on board in a location in the county, you know, or, or other specific health care services where we felt like there were deficiencies. And while Ellis likes the idea of shifting the burden from county property tax owners to anyone who buys something in Fulton County, Commissioner Dana Barrett has concerns about that. Some of that sales tax is collected from people who are coming in as tourists or coming in for sporting events uh, or to go to the restaurants and things like that. On the other hand, sales tax can definitely be seen as a regressive tax. So while I know the uh, onus on property um, owners is difficult, um, it's important also to note that sales tax is a heavier burden on people with lower income. Any new sales tax referendum would have to get through the Fulton Commission, the Georgia legislature, and then be approved by county voters. Raul Bally, WABE News, the Fulton County Government Center. Georgia U.S. Senator John Ossoff says he confirms inspections are happening at military housing at Fort Gordon near Augusta. Ossoff led a Senate investigation into conditions there after it was reported issues like leaking roofs and mold were not being dealt with. Ossoff spoke from Fort Gordon on Wednesday. 
those inspections are happening, and that's an encouraging sign. But we've still got a long way to go, and I'm going to remain focused on this issue and fully committed to holding the Army accountable and holding Balfour Beatty accountable to do right by the military families who live here. Balfour Beatty, the private company running the units, has already pleaded guilty to committing fraud in its military housing from 2013 to 2019. The U.S. Army did not find indications of recent fraud, but says the company did mistreat military families. Despite state-level efforts to make it easier for a formerly incarcerated person to find a job, Folks leaving prison still struggle. While Georgia's unemployment rate is at an historic low of about 3 percent, those who have a felony record see rates closer to 27 percent. Julie Landers is the Georgia program director for Persevere, a nonprofit that helps those while in prison learn tech skills so they can be released into a good-paying job. Recently, I spoke to her about those efforts. I am so proud to talk about what Persevere does because what we have found is that it is highly effective and um, we have hundreds of participants across the country who have truly turned their lives around. So what it looks like is that the Department of Corrections within Georgia signed a contract with us um, to do the year-long class. We started with 15 gentlemen, and we ended up over the course of the year losing three of those. Um, But this past March, we graduated uh, 12 of them. We teach them computer programming skills. The first half is front-end development. The second half of their education is back-end development, ultimately gaining a full-stack web development certificate when they they walk out. Um, What makes persevere unique in this delivery of this curriculum is that we also couple that with career readiness skills like communication, conflict resolution, being a good team player, ethics, alongside resume and interview skills. And one unique thing about this Georgia class was that we began a pilot of teaching them mindfulness And as program manager, I was fairly hands-on and was so um, blown away by the personal development, just as on the human side, that I saw happen in this classroom. They became incredibly collaborative and leaders emerged. It was one of the most gratifying transformations in these 12 men that I have ever witnessed in all of my career. You mentioned three didn't make it, and and clearly this isn't something that can work for absolutely everybody who's incarcerated. Um, What is the difference between someone who graduates versus someone who doesn't? I would say grit. They have to be very hungry. This is a very challenging course. They are in class six hours a day, five days a week, and so a lot of their leisure time is taken away from them. If that person who comes into our class is not quite at a level of discomfort where they want to make changes that are really, really um, profound and difficult to make. A lot of times the nature of the course being so challenging causes them to decide this isn't for me right now, or it might not be for them at all. But for the most part, we're really successful in retaining those students, they start really buying into the value of the skills that they're learning, even if they decide not to go into coding or programming. And not to mention that many of them have mentioned 
that perseveres staff is a staff that clearly cares, is clearly invested in their success. And um, we really try to nurture them on every um, in every aspect that they might need in order to be successful. This is not just about getting a job. It's about being able to feel empowered and um, gain some self-esteem and be committed to themselves, which might be new for many of them. Why do you do it? I do it because the world needs these individuals to feel as if they have a place in the world. I thought of myself and, and, and thought, what if I was judged for the rest of my life on the worst mistake I ever made? How would that feel? And what can I do in this, in my community, because I am a native of Atlanta, what can I do in my community to make sure folks who are in that position don't have to feel that way? We've got to do something to change that. Julie Landers is Program Director for Georgia for Persevere. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us about it this afternoon. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. As Georgia aims to become a leader in electric vehicle manufacturing, the Environmental Protection Agency is proposing new, stricter emission standards for cars and trucks in the U.S. Emily Jones reports it's a move projected to cut emissions and speed up adoption of electric vehicles. The EPA wants to set new standards for cars and trucks starting with model year 2027. EPA Administrator Michael Regan says he expects the move to speed up the already fast-growing EV industry. This is what we mean when we say that tackling the climate crisis is about creating opportunity, an opportunity to put the United States on a clear path to win the jobs and the industries of the 21st century. Georgia has been angling for those EV jobs, despite having no climate goals of its own. Just yesterday, Governor Brian Kemp announced a $72 million investment from a company that will make car parts for the new Hyundai EV plant near Savannah, the latest of dozens of EV-related projects announced since 2020. Emily Jones, WABE News. The Atlanta Hawks are in the NBA playoffs. That's after the team beat the Miami Heat last night, 116-105. to Hawks superstar Trey Young had 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Here he is after the game talking to TNT's Inside the NBA program. I just think we brought the physicality to them. Uh, I mean, they're known in, uh, around this league for being a, a very physical team uh, and try to bully a lot of teams and on the defensive end and if you don't match their intensity and their physicality, you can get beat. The Hawks now play the number two team in the East, the Boston Celtics, for a best-of-seven series that starts Saturday at 3.30. That is it for The Brief. You can find more local news at wabe.org. Christopher Alston is our producer. Alex Helmick, our managing editor. I'm Jim Burris. Amplifying Atlanta, this is 90.1 WABE.
Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at WABE.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E.